0: Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, There is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have two amazing guests. Roman and Paul are both podcasters, and they are the hosts of a podcast called Truth Revival. Roman is a pastor, and Paul is an evangelist. These men have such amazing stories to tell about how they found God, and I know you're going to be on the edge of your seat as you listen to them tell how they found God and how they have a relationship with Him now. So without further ado, here's the interview that I did with Paul and Roman on how they found God. Hello, Roman, and hello, Paul. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Welcome to Finding God podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys on here. Well, I have some questions that I'm going to ask you guys, and I know I ask these questions to everyone, but I think it's important to document like how you found out about God from the time you were a kid to how it got you to where you are now and you have a relationship with him. So... You guys could pick who answers first. But the first question is, what was your childhood like?
1: I grew up uh, in the mountains in uh, East Tennessee, probably about 18 miles from the North Carolina line. We had no neighbors. It was just me and my mom and dad. And uh, I spent a lot of time alone in the woods, just playing, riding a bicycle, playing back. Just a really remote childhood, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was... uh, it was good. Family values, small community, tight-knit, mom cooking dinner on Sundays and just living the good life, I call it.
0: What about you, Romy? What was yours like?
2: I grew up, as like Paul said, we kind of live in a rural area where there's a lot of mountains. We live right on the Cherokee National Forest line, wow. so there's a nature in abundance, we live in a, a community called Telico Plains, Bald River Falls is right in our back door, hiking trails and and i I grew up in the mountains um my family we were a very close family on both sides. My mom and my dad. We were all the time getting together as a family um I'm a little bit different than Paul in that we were always around people, always around family. My cousins, we all rode bikes together. We cut down trees together. We went on adventures together. We rode four-wheelers together. So family was definitely a big part of of my life and also church. We were raised in church before I can ever really remember. Mom and dad have me, had me in church. I, some people say, you know, I was in church nine months before I was even born. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh man it's funny what about you paul were you was your childhood similar when you went to church a lot or how was that with you uh
1: no ma'am um i could remember every sunday until i was like 11 years old um my dad we would play records on sunday morning you know and and i grew up like on the blues brothers uh james brown just listen to all that stuff you know and and really big into music that's where you get that soul from hey man music (laughs) it's, uh, it, it, that music shaped my life and the way my life went actually. So, but, uh, we would do that every Sunday morning and, and my dad, it's, it's kind of ironic where I go to church. Now my dad was raised in the church where we are now, yeah but yeah. he got away from, from God and, and was a self-proclaimed atheist. Really? So, so one Sunday morning I was 11 years old. I'll never forget this. So, uh, we're downstairs and he's upstairs and, in the shower and we're getting ready for our Sunday ritual. You know, mom's going to cook. We're going to play music. We're going to dance. We're just going to have a great time. And he comes downstairs and he says, get dressed. We're leaving. And we're like, what's going on here? So in the shower, I guess he and the Lord had a conversation. And uh, so from the time I was 11 on, we started going to church you know, from birth to eleven, nothing. But from eleven on, we were we were in church every time the door was open. So, uh, I kn- I knew about God a little bit before I was eleven, not very much at all. Uh just you know, like at family gatherings at Christmas, praying over a meal. That was the extent of my exposure. And uh, from that point on, it was uh, he was all in. He'd been serving the Lord for a long time now
0: tell you guys what happened because that's that's
1: just amazing well he just said that he was in the shower and the lord spoke to him that uh you know you've been running for me and and living the life for yourself and you've been your own idol and it's time to to honor me and uh so he's uh he at one point in time he was the only recorded quaker evangelist in the united states mm. so uh, i think there's two or three more since then but uh, it's funny that he grew up Baptist. Uh, we attended the, a Quaker church, which is kind of like Baptist. They just don't practice the, the baptism. You have to be baptized to join. And if you want baptized, it's just on your own thing, and, and you do it if you want to. But um, we, we attended that church, and then I, I, say, I tell everybody I was raised in a Quaker church. I went to a Methodist college. I got born again in the Pentecostal movement, and now I'm just trying to love people.
0: I love that. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs>
1: that is so, amazing. You
0: know, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. So when you guys were young, um, Roman, what was something that you were taught about God that you remember distinctly from the time you, you can remember? What is that one thing about God that you remember from the time you were a child?
2: Um, well, I can remember vividly my favorite Bible story that my mom would read to me. We had a big book. Or Bible stories that mom would read, and Joshua was always my favorite. And I think it's because Joshua was muscular in that, <laughs> in that, that that was the the depiction of him. He was you know a man's man. He was muscular. He had a beard. But Joshua one eight is one of my favorite verses, and I just want to read it to you here if I can get it pulled up as a kid, as, as we would read, read through this, it didn't um, resonate with me until I later discovered, you know, as a man, the seeds that my mother was sowing in me as a child and, and connecting with, with Joshua book of the law, should not depart out of my mouth, meditate on it day and night and observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Mm. And that has been such a testimony in my life because I started following the Lord at a young age. And Joshua was... He, he was he was he was a helper for Moses. Yeah. He yeah. stayed with Moses, and there was times that Moses was ministering, and in the, in the God was ministering Moses in the tabernacle, and Joshua was permitted to stay with Moses. So Joshua was around God, around Moses, around men of God, and then he would go on to become the leader of God's people. And whenever he became that leader, I'm sure he was nervous. Yeah. Following. Moses. I mean, that was some big shoes to fill. Yeah. And this is what God told him, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid because I'm with you wherever you go. And that's so true in my life because I am now the pastor of the church that I grew up in. And little did I know that even at a young age as I was connecting with Joshua, that now it would kind of come full circle. And I'm kind of I guess following in Joshua's footsteps because I'm leading the church that I grew up in. It's
1: actually the church my dad grew up in. It wasn't the church I was raised in, but this is the church where my dad grew up, where he's the pastor. And and now they've they've actually twisted my arm and, and, and I obeyed God finally and came. Paul finally forward. got his heart right I and joined forward. up with us. So yeah, here we go. It's all good. It's I think it's
0: it's
1: it's nuts how it all just kind of came together. It's God,
2: man. Yep.
0: Definitely. So, what was the thing that inspired you as a kid? Once you came to God at twelve years, at eleven years old, when your dad started going to church, what was the thing that you remember the most about your church experience, and how did it affect you? Since you were just coming into this without having any previous experience or anything like that,
1: it, it was looking back. It's it's kind of ironic that we're actually on this uh, podcast and 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 answering these questions now. Weeks prior to my dad answering the call of the father in the shower, my best friend growing up actually invited me to that youth group. Okay. So we went to this camp and had youth group at this camp. And ironically last week I went back and spoke all week at a youth camp at that same camp for kids from Ohio and Jefferson city, Tennessee. So I can remember my first exposure to, to God was, Hey, all my buddies are here. We're a community. We're a family, you know? And I remember growing up how tight knit the community was And anytime there was anything adverse, you know, the community would come together. If somebody needed wood, if somebody needed their house worked on, if somebody needed their car fixed or whatever it was, community overcame adversity at every turn. Yeah. So I, I like in my experience to God with, Hey, we're supposed to be together and we're supposed to be working for the cause. And I can remember uh, sitting, you know the church it, it was a really small church, so we had our Sunday school class in the parsonage in the living room, and I can just remember you know sitting there in that living room, maybe five or six kids, just being taught the word you know and, and it just being in a in a good safe warm environment and um just felt at home that was my relation with it growing up, you know, I just felt at home and a part of a purpose, so yeah, I
0: like that, yes. So as you guys got older and you went through adolescence, how was that? Did you guys stay connected to God through adolescence or did you drift away? Like what was adolescence like for you?
2: Let's just say for me, there was a war going on because again, I grew up in church and there was never, there has never been a time in my life whenever I was out of church and like, I can remember the kids, you know, um, Notorious B.I.G. was big back whenever I was going through school. Nirvana was big, you know, and like I'd never heard music like this. And so, man, it just I embraced it. But I'm having to live a double life because on Sundays and Wednesdays man, I got to go to church and we would do sword drills and I was one of the best. But come school time. You know, I was, <laughs> I've told this, you know, before I was like a white rapper. Um, I used to sag my britches and, you know, I was trying to be a cool guy because like I, I was trying to discover myself, I guess, and there was conflict right. and I couldn't, I wasn't fitting in with the cool crowd because I didn't know how to be like the world, mm-hmm. you know, because I was living for the Lord. I accepted Christ in my life at six years old, and so I was having trouble fitting in. And even into high school, I was a great athlete, but I was just struggling to find purpose and meaning. And and growing up as a kid, you know, and like especially in when you're in seventh grade, yeah,
3: there's
2: a lot of changes happening there, and I'm insecure about who I am. I've got a lot of self-doubt about myself tr- struggling to find my identity. And it wasn't until I became a sophomore in, in high school. And this is another story. Like my brother was all, he was two years older than me growing up. And so we both played on the football team. And when people talk about hazing and being bullied, I, that was me, um, the upperclassmen because my brother was older and they were his friends. They would just pick on me. And I was like the little brother of the football team. And I've been hit in the back of the head so many times with class rings. Wow. Just you know, guys hitting me and hazing me and bullying me. And so when you're already insecure about your own self, I had, there was a lot of things that was going on in, internally. Um, and I just, all I could do was just cry out to God. And I said, Lord, show me my purpose. And, and like, I wanted to be accepted by my friends. And I also wanted like a girlfriend, Yeah, you know, like you're going through that <laughs> and when you're in, like in high school, you're, you just want somebody to, to say, Hey, you look good today or just love you or spend time with you. And mm-hmm. so I was, you know, I couldn't find that. And, and I just, I had a a, a mental breakdown as a kid. I'm like, God, show me your purpose. Yeah. Reveal to me your plan. And Lord, I surrender to you. And God says, well, if that's the case, then I want you to preach. And I was like, God, I will never have a girlfriend if I start preaching. (laughs) Uh, If people pick on me now, they're going to pick on me more because I'm trying to. No, no, this, this is not going to work. And man, the Holy Spirit just kept dealing with me, and I mean, in in church, the gospel, and the Holy Spirit just speaking to me, and I just can't run from it anymore. And so, finally, at the age of sixteen, I surrendered to the ministry. And ironically, it's like those guys that were picking on me, they they gained a new level of respect for me because you know I wasn't trying to go to the parties anymore. I wasn't trying to cuss anymore. I wasn't trying to live this life. And they kind of protected me for after that. And it's like the girls, I wasn't interested in girls anymore. Man, I, every girl wanted to be with me after that. You know, now that's not what? gonna be everybody's story that like you'll skyrocket in popularity after you announce your call to preach. But it's like once I finally became once I finally surrendered my life to to God. To, for his calling, everything just kind of fell into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I mean, that is a testimony in my life because I've lived it. I've tried to seek after the world, and it wasn't working for me, and I surrendered to God, and now everything has just fallen into place. The, the, the girl that I started dating right after that, I married her. Awesome. We've been married now for 16 years been together for over 20 years i mean we've got three wonderful children been in the ministry now for lord have mercy 18 19 years and uh god's faithful yeah god's faithful that's all i can say
0: and what about you paul what was your adolescence like
2: oh
1: a lot different i was uh i was always in with a cool crowd because I would never stand up for for what I thought I believe, I would go to I would go to camp during the summers and 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 try to submit my life to the Lord and come back and two or three weeks later just be going stupid again, just acting crazy and acting crazy and until you know it was just a vicious cycle until uh I remember my junior year of the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, I went to the camp and um, I got I got introduced to uh, narcotics at the camp at the church camp yeah so, so i came back and i was hanging i started hanging out with the wrong crowd i quit you know i, I was uh three-year basketball played football a couple of years and i just walked away from everything and the only thing that was actually solid in my life at the time i sang in the school choir because i love music and uh that was the only solid thing that i kept but i walked away from everything that i loved and i was hanging out with the wrong crowd and and just got stupid and um, you know, living living the dark life, living the life living life at nighttime, you know, everything evil comes out at nighttime and I was living I wasn't living in the light, so I lived at night more than I lived during the day. Yeah. And uh so just kept running from God, running from God and um I tried to straighten up, and then I wouldn't straighten up, then I tried to straighten up, I wouldn't straighten up. And then I the, when it finally hit me, I went to college on a vocal scholarship. I was playing in a band thinking, man, I'm living the good life. I'm doing what I want to do. And i never, will forget. It was, it was 1997 on July, July the 4th. The guy that I worked for rented a boat. We went out on the lake and and we were coming up and it started storming. And I stood up at the front of the boat and I was wrestling. The Lord was dealing with me. I was wrestling. And I said, God, you will never have me. I'll never forget that. 15 minutes later, we docked because. All the oxygen came out of the air. It, it, it was a tornado. It had to have been. And in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I'm laying face first on the ground, and an oak tree probably about four, three or four feet around had fallen on top of all of us. The only thing that saved me was a six-wheel gator caught the trunk of the tree and held the weight of the tree off of us. We were all laying under limbs. And I never will forget, Rome, I, I crawled out from under that limb And I ran to the top of the hill at that lake house, and I dove in the crawl space of the house. And I'm sitting there in the fetal position, trembling, saying, God, I don't want to die today. And 15 minutes before that, I was telling him, you will never have me, you know. And and here I am now, you know, I'm submitting to him, saying, hey, you're the one, you're Mm. the one. But then... I never will forget that night. I went, there's a place here called White Cliffs. You can actually see all over the valley and a, and a, it's a big party place where people go. And, and I'm sitting there on the cliff and God's dealing with me big time. And I thought and I thought and I thought two weeks later on, on July the 27th, I went to Richard Parker's church. We were driving back home. My drug dealer actually come and got me and took me to church. Really? My drug dealer to come and got me, took me to church and was taking me home. And he was like getting it all ready in front seat. And he's handing it back. said, Hey, just do this and think about it. Cause I'm like, dude, man, I, I, I can't, I'm not, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We get about five minutes from my house in these curves, it's called Shaw hollow. And I never will forget. The Lord said, Paul, you choose me today or I'm done fooling with you. When that car stopped, me and the almighty had a great conversation mm.
0: And the way you guys are talking about how you guys came to God, and I'm going to assume that's probably the moment when you guys started having a relationship with him, because it seemed like all this time before, you were just doing what you knew, what you were taught. But it seems like this time, like you were telling me how at 16, you felt called to the ministry. It seemed like that's when you actually found him. You had that relationship and you started to realize who God was for yourself. And with you, it was 24 years ago on today that you started to realize who God was for yourself. And I think it's important because we're all taught about God, but the moment when we realize who he is for who you know for ourselves is a huge thing because like you I was brought up in the church and everything I remember Bible story drills because <laughs> I was really fast and I used to win prizes and all kind of stuff but it wasn't until I was like 18 and of course I my um I remember finding God and I was like it was in July as well only it was like July 5th and it's crazy because the same year you said you found him like July 5th, 1997, and I was 18 years old. And up until then, a lot of things had happened. I was just like, God, I I feel like I got to do this on my own. I really don't think I can trust you because of some things that had happened. And I was like, Kiana, but you need to trust me. And then I remember people were like, well, Kiana, you can't be in control of everything. I was like, yes, I can. I can control my life. I can control everything. And it was like that day I was at a camp meeting and somebody spoke and that's when I realized who God was. Now, of course, from that day to where we are now, you know, life ain't happening between you, you know, you do the right thing, you fall off the wagon, back and forth. But the point is, that was when I realized who God was. And I started to have a relationship with him. Like any relationship, it was rocky a little bit, That it wasn't. But the point was, that is where I found him at that time for me. So I just find all of this to be so exciting how we are so different. <laughs> but our, we, our, um, the way we found God is similar. You know, I just think that is amazing. So after you found God, and I have a couple of things I'm really interested in two things. First, I want to know how you became a pastor, Paul, and what happened with your music and do you still do that. Then I want to find out from both of you, how did you end up at the same place? Like, what brought you back to this? So those are my questions. So I'll start with Paul. You can answer those two questions, and then I'll go to you, Roman, and then you can tell me how you got here.
1: Okay, so uh, I actually, I'm not really a pastor; I'm more of an evangelist. Um, okay, uh, kind of go around and speak, and, and and heavily involved in youth ministry. So when uh, when I gave my life to the Lord in 1997, I, w- I was playing in a band, and, and and I always really wanted that. What was the name of your band, Paul? What back then? Yeah, I don't even remember. We were a garage rama. We were garage rama. <laughs> when you man. when
2: you made it big, when was the?
1: Uh, 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 that's a little bit down the road.
3: Okay, yeah, okay.
1: It, it's it was. Well, it's a long process. Sorry, bro. sorry, it's a long process. I got excited. Hey, me too. I miss it. We were talking about it at lunch today. I, I I do miss it. But anyway, so I knew that I had to give that up to follow him. Yeah. To be for real, because when you're for real about Jesus. You have to, you have to, old things are gone. Everything's new. You've got to come to him and you've got to, you've got to grow and strengthen yourself before you can even be in the same room talking to these people again, or you're right back where you left off. Right. So the Lord's like, you're going to quit. And I'm like, Oh God, really? I don't want to quit. This is what I love to do. Mm. And, uh, I'll never forget. It was about six months in, I was at a service. And we were, the Lord was just, it was like an an unbelievable revival went through this town back then. Uh, All my buddies at party, they were all giving their life to Jesus, and they're still serving him today. I mean, there was a great awakening in 1997 in our mountain town in Plains. And I could remember coming back with my band and playing a fifth quarter, and all I heard about was this new hot rod preacher called Roman Hamilton. And my band was back here playing a fifth quarter. I remember that. so. I was in a church service and worshiping the Lord, hadn't played any music in about six months. And this kid walked by, he's actually in, in Coleman, Alabama now, a worship leader, but he walked by and the Lord said, you're going to play music with him. And I'm like, what? I heard the Lord tell me I'm like, what? You're crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to play So it started off, you know, a couple of guys, we, we had, a, we formed a band and we played and we played and we played. And then at the height of our music, um, our band was called Braden's journey. Our drummer's brother had got killed we were on our way to Oklahoma and he passed away in a car accident. No. So we turned around and came back and named our band after him, Brett, Braden's journey. But we, we traveled all over playing with disciples skillet and bands like that. And um, I don't even have like to talk about it. It's all right. Yeah. Um, so we, we grew major. We were playing 240 shows a year. Wow. Um, I actually had quit my job. And started my own business so I could travel because the guy was all over me about always leaving, but we were always gone. And we got, we got to be really popular around, you know, East Tennessee, North Carolina area and, and like Northern Alabama. But we were going to like Minneapolis, Minnesota, Oklahoma, uh, Texas, Florida. We were, we were going everywhere. Yeah. And uh, my, my first wife uh, just got caught up in some things with the enemy, you know, and I had a four-year-old son. And, and it all had come together. We signed a record deal with a, a record label out of Atlanta. Uh, we had our our three-month tour booked. We were releasing a new album. Uh, it all came together. And then all this stuff happened, and I was driving down the road, and I said, Lord, you know I love you, and you know I love playing music, and if you want me to continue, I will go wherever you want me to go. I said, but I know, Lord, if I leave, I'll never see my son again. Yeah. I said, so if you want me to go, I'll go. But if you don't want me to go, you got to do it because I know me. I won't quit because I love it. The next day, two guys quit, and I've never played again. Wow. My son was four years old. He'll be 19 at the end of August. Wow. So I loved it. I was really good at it. But I think, Kiana, honestly, it became my calf. Yeah. And I had to lay it down to follow the Father. And, hey, here I am. So fast forward, my music career has been gone forever. I regroup. I kind of fall away from the Lord a little bit because it got stupid and I was a little bitter and angry. (laughs) over the whole situation.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, I met my wife. Now we have, uh, she had a daughter. We have a three year old son. He'll be three, uh, in like four days. Uh, so I met her. We're married. We're living. We're, we're playing church, you know? And, and the thing that woke me up, Kiana, we were sitting there talking one day and she looked me dead in the eye. She said, you don't love Jesus anymore. Do you? Wow. And I'm like, and I thought, are you crazy? In my in my flesh, in my mind, I'm like, are you crazy? But in my heart, I was like, you know, because I'm bitter and I'm angry and, and I can't let go. So about 1.30 in the morning that night in the living room floor, me and the Lord had a really good talk. And I slowly came back and I slowly, came, and there was a pastor in, in the next town over. He had adopted me through this whole process and he kind of, he kind of nursed me back to health physically and spiritually. So I I started attending with him and and we, uh, and we started a church in his loft and it's called the loft church and they're still going today. Um, I was there about four years and I moved back home to where I grew up and I attended there for about four years. But in the middle of that four years, I started helping coach basketball on Teleco Plains uh, at the junior high school. Which the head coach is the youth pastor here where we go at Poplar Bluff. Yeah. So he was always on me, man, you need to come to the bluff. You need to come to the bluff. You need to come to the bluff because they're super community involved. They're, they're reaching out. They're, they're making a difference. They're doing all this, doing all this. And I was at a little old country church in the middle of nowhere and, uh, and he's like, man, the Lord could use you more if you get out in public. Cause remember I grew up alone, right? Yeah. I like, I, I, I like to be alone. I like to, I don't like the big crowd. I don't like those things. Even though I love playing music and you get me in front of 10,000 people, I'm going straight stupid and I'm throwing a show, <laughs> but I like to be alone. I like to be alone. So they kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. And, kept on. and uh, so finally COVID hit the church where I was going, they shut down. They wouldn't meeting. we started doing, uh, we started doing some Facebook, Facebook live things during COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what led to the podcast. Ultimately doing the Facebook live things during COVID. And it just, it just kept, kept on and kept on. And finally in the middle of COVID, I could see these guys heart and we started having youth in the yard. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going where the action is. Listen, if you want to get involved with Jesus and and get on board with His kingdom building, you need to go where the action is. So, so I finally just let go of myself and what I wanted, and I got in with with these guys where the action is. And I'll tell you, the Lord's been blessing, the Lord's been moving, the Lord's been saving, and the Lord's been changing. And we're just going on with Jesus until He splits that sky back. So hey, that's how I ended up here with Roman. Now we got a podcast. Uh, I'm the old guy with all these young bucks, but I'm living the dream. <laughs>
0: That's amazing now, Roman, how did you get back to your church like what brought you back to that particular church? How did all that work out? So
2: ministering at the age of sixteen, I've actually never left this church, okay. just been faithful to the call. I was ordained as the youth minister at the age of 22, I think that was probably like around 2006 or 2007, something like that. And I served the Lord for many years, probably about seven years in youth ministry at the church here. God was blessing us. But if we can just rewind a little bit throughout my experience in the church, I have had over five pastors in my life and there has been a lot of conflict in the church drama that (laughs) we've seen in the church. And one thing I've come to realize is anytime you have people, there's going to be a mess. Yeah. (laughs) And I've tried to now tell my church, listen, the true mark of a believer is not getting mad at someone or holding a grudge. Anybody can get mad and hold a grudge. That's the flesh. But the true mark of a believer is forgiveness, love, kindness. And I've seen pastors come. I've seen pastors go because of disagreements, because of conflict. And our church is... Split every time. Well, I'm the youth pastor, and we have a big blow-up in the church. And we get down to about 20. Our church usually runs about 150. And our church was dying. Pastor left, and I was like the only preacher (laughs) there. And somebody's like, well, Roman, why don't you why don't you serve as the interim? The deacons had asked me if I would serve as the interim pastor. And I'm 25 at the time. And back then I thought that I knew a lot, but really I didn't know what was up or down. And the only thing I could do was just trust in the Lord. Uh, So man, we just started trusting in the Lord and God starts growing the church. We start going back and gathering some of the lost sheep, the people who had went and we went and tried to reconcile with them. and, And God just starts, bringing in new people. And I'm just trying to stay faithful and preach the gospel. And they asked me if I'd serve as pastor when I was like 26 and now I'm 37. So I've been doing this for about 11 years now. And it was just because I had stayed faithful. I wasn't looking to be pastor of this church, but you know, God just threw a series of events God's plan. Here we are. Mm. That is,
0: amazing because it just shows how sometimes God's plan for us is different than what we expect or what we want but that it's all good regardless of whether it's what we want at the time or not God's plan he knew he knows us so of course he knows what we're going to do what we want but he also knows how we can help other people how we can be a good influence to help someone bring them closer to God and I think that God looks at that he sees all that and he leads us in that direction where our talents can be used to the best of our ability for Him. So this is amazing that you both have such drastically different stories, but you ended up in the same place. What's, a, awesome. what's
2: incredible about God, Kiana, is when we're in that adversity, it is not fun. That's no, true. no,
0: definitely not. When
2: we're in that conflict, it is so... We just We panic and we think... God, what have you done to me? Why are you allowing this to happen? This is the first sermon that I preached. Uh, If I could just, when you were 16, when I was 16 now. um, Okay. So, you know, I announced my call to preach and I didn't really even know how to do it. I was just like, God, I surrender. And you know, the preacher's like, what, what's going on? I was like, I think I'm feeling caught been led to preach. And God's calling me to preach. And, he said, "Well, good. You can preach tonight." Ooh. <laughs> <So I'm not laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm 16, and I'm like, oh, "What have I done?" And so I go home, and I'm trying to find a sermon. How do you plan your first sermon? I didn't, and I was just all over the Bible, looking at scripture. And for anybody who's ever, you know, wondered like, when when how do you feel when God is leading you to do something? Okay, Okay. when when there's a direction that you're feeling led, if it's that direction that you just can't settle on, it's probably not where God's leading you. But when you get to that place and it's just like a calm washes over you, that may be the place that God is leading you. And so I landed at Romans chapter 8. Ah, Roman. (laughs) Of all things, Romans (laughs) chapter 8. And it was verse 28. And here's the, the verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. We know that God works all things for good. So I was trying to tell you when we go through adversity, it's not fun. When we go through hardships, it's not fun. But God is working his masterpiece, God is working something out for good during that time. It's like a recipe. Recipes have multiple ingredients, and if you just take something and put salt, you know, salt by itself is not that pleasant, but if you put salt on a steak, oh, what about a little pepper? Even better. How about some garlic? Have you ever just ate a spoonful of garlic by itself? Mm -hmm. That's not very pleasant. You know, you wouldn't (laughs) just eat a garlic. Some people might like it, but, but not me. But, you know, you put some garlic on that steak. Put a little rosemary on there. Uh, you talking hungry? I know. You talk about a masterpiece, but you see, God is—he is working all things out for good, and through time. And now we can look back on it and see, God brought us here, Paul. I know it, it was God who led us here. So I just want to encourage anybody out there if you're going through conflict or adversity or trials. But if you're trying to follow the Lord, that thats I have devoted my life to following after Christ. Like you said, Kiana, I went wayward a couple times hearing that, but I always come back to the Lord. But I can testify and say, I know that God works all things for good mm. to them that love him. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, I love that. But I'm glad you did say that because so many times people go through things. And like, even when you said how sometimes you may not be doing the right thing. It's like sometimes God lets us go through the consequences of our actions because it's a way of us learning. Yes, Maybe exactly. this is not the right way to go, you know? So even with that, it still works out for our good because we learn I our still lessons. God works it out. That's and right. he works it out. It's like, it's a detour, but then he brings us back to where we mm-hmm. need to be. So I love that you brought that out, that it was a very good point. Now, let me ask you both a question. If there was someone out there who wanted to find God, what advice would you give them?
2: Well, in Jeremiah he says, Those who seek me with their whole heart, they'll find me. God's not hard to find. So God's not God's not hard to find, but I think so many times we we can't hear God because of all the static and all the chaos yeah. that's in our life. So but but if if you want to find God, it's he's very easy to find. You just gotta open your heart to him. It's like that boys demand song. Boys to men, at the end of the road.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Although we've
1: come to the end of the road, at the end of the road. I never was you a big boys to men. Listen, man, I had what? the opportunity. I had the opportunity to tour with a. Uh, they went around to high school singing and doing like drug free campaigns, but they had these bands like they were popular like men not like boys to men. I actually was going to do that. Boys to men. They were out of Tampa, Florida. I was going to do that, but I went to college. But. In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, mm. that's where that's where you can find the Lord, in the mm-hmm. secret place, in the stillness. and if, And you're going to find him at the end of your road in that stillness, because you're going to know that, hey, I've tried it all. There's nothing left. It's either this or I'm done.
2: Mm-hmm. It's either this or I'm done. So in the middle of all the chaos, that's where God is sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... I, I mean, if you're if people are going through through a chaotic time, God's not hard to find. Mm-mm. He'll meet you where you're at. He'll meet you right where you're at. Mm-hmm. See it.
0: I like that how God's in the midst of the chaos and how He'll meet you where you're at. Guys, thank you so much, Roman. Thank you so much, Paul, for being on the Finding God podcast. It was awesome to have you here. And for anyone who wants to know more about their podcast, I have all of that information. In the show notes. And your podcast is called, I believe, Truth Revival, right? Yes. Okay. Truth Revival. Truth Revival. So, guys, you can look that up in the show notes. Just click on the link, and it will be there for you, and it'll take you right to their podcast. Thank you guys again for being here. It was an honor speaking with you.
2: Kiana, thank you very much for having us. Thanks, Kiana.
0: Wow, what an amazing story. I love these interviews, and I love these stories because... The thing that I got that's consistent from Paul's story and from Roman's story is the fact that no matter what happened in their lives, no matter what they did, God was not done with them. I liked how Paul was saying how we first came to God and when he first met God, God was like, okay, so it's now or never, you know, come with me now, surrender to me or I'm done. But the great thing about it, he surrendered to God. But as you see throughout his life story, He went back and forth, back and forth. But God never left him. God was not done with him. And even when it came to Roman, God wasn't done with him when he went through his struggles. And so I want to encourage someone out there who may think that, oh, you know, my life is so terrible. My life is so bad. God can never love me. God can never accept me. That is not true. God loves you. God accepts you. And God's not done with you. And the thing that I like is that sometimes we see ourselves in a negative light. Like we'll see ourselves as sinners, as bad bad people. We can't do this right. We can't do that right. But that's not how God sees us. And God sees us. When God looks at us, he doesn't see where we are now. He sees what we can be. And so he's always with us and working with us and talking to us and trying to help us and helping us to be what he knows we can be. God's view of us is so much higher than what we can ever think of ourselves. What he has planned for us is so much bigger and better than what we could ever do for ourselves. And even though we can't see it, God sees it and God knows what we're going to be and what we're going to do and what he has in store for us. So that is what I absolutely loved about this interview. Both of these stories showed how God saw something in Roman and God saw something in Paul that at the time they didn't even see in themselves. But God saw what they could be, what they would be, and what he was Helping them to be, and God knew where they would be at this point in time. And so, if anybody out there feels like God can't use you, He can. If you feel like God can't love you, He does. And if you feel like there is something that you've done that was so wrong that God would not accept you, let me just tell you God accepts you. Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is by our artist of the week, Sin Assassin. And the song is called What You Say. And I absolutely love this song because it pretty much talks about how we shouldn't believe what everybody else says about us because the only thing that matters is what God says about you. So if you grew up in a home where someone told you you were not going to be anything or God could never love you or you were not loved, don't believe any of those things because God loves you and God can save you. God accepts you. He is there for you. So believe what God says about you. So here is the song by our Artist of the Week, Sin Assassin, What You Say.
3: You're the most high, I'ma praise you, I'ma lift you high God. Cause your words is most high oh God. I, oh, I, I don't care how they hate on me, God, you're the one and only. Just through love. So I Stones, uh. You're the reason I praise you You're the reason I sing, Lord You're the reason I do this, Lord, So I live for you now I don't care about opinions Or people that are trying To put me down Now I'm tall guys got my back Front in my side, front and my side up. He fight for me, something like my bodyguard his truth is what I lean, dedicate my life to his will And his purpose now, God should be your focus. Plus, people's dying, people's lost, hurting. Yeah. You say, you say the most. Yeah.
0: the podcast i would like to thank you guys so much for spending another friday with me listening to how people find god i always enjoy our time together and so thank you thank you thank you so much for being here with me now if you are enjoying the podcast as much as i enjoy spending time with you be sure to share the podcast with a family member or friend make sure you follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcast, and leave me a review telling me how much you are enjoying hearing stories of other people who are finding god Now, if you would like to get in contact with Roman or Paul, myself, or Sin Assassin, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes. So make sure you just click on the links and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. Now, if you would like to be a guest on the Finding Guy podcast, all you have to do is send me an email to the email address listed in the show notes letting me know that you would like to be a guest on the show and I promise you I will definitely get in contact with you and schedule something so you can be on the podcast if you have any music that you would like to submit to the show all you have to do is the same thing just go to the email address in the show notes and then in the heading let me know music submission or something like that and I will also get in contact with you to let you know how to submit the songs etc. All right. Well, I think that's all for today. I don't think I have anything else, but if you need to contact me, all of my contact information is in the show notes. But until we meet again, have an amazing day. Enjoy your weekend. And I will talk to you again next Friday.